Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. Today, I welcome Steve Matthews in a bite-sized episode about his second novel for adults, Hitler's Brothel. He's also a children's author, and his books have been published in Australia, the UK, Canada, and the USA. It's such an honour, Danny, um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here. And it's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work and you've given it a lot of thought and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest. <laughs> Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the books she's asking questions about <laughs> and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it. And I think that's really special. Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat. Great chat. You're a good interviewer. So enjoy listening to the podcast. That's brilliant what you do. Honestly, I'm so in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books. Welcome back to the Words and Nerds podcast, Steve Matthews. How are you? I'm well, Danny, and I'm very, very pleased to be back here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I love to have you on. I love chatting with you. And today we're here to celebrate your new book, Historical Fiction, Thriller Suspense, Hitler's Brothel. That's right. Good title. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's actually why I, I did have that as one of my questions. I wanted to ask you, it is a confronting title, or it can be. Um, why did you, A, give it the title and why did you want to explore this subject matter? Um, I didn't give it the title, the publishers did. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a working title mm -hmm. and the the publishers pitched the title uh, on the basis that it would grab attention and, uh, and it, it was more relevant than my working title. And the reason I, I wanted to write the book in the first place goes back a long, long time ago when I had hair and I was living in the UK and a colleague of mine um, who had a Polish background said he wanted to go back to Poland and have extended leave to go and see his family. So off he toodled. And when he came back, I said, how did you get on? Because you can't speak Polish. And presumably they can, but they can't speak English. So how on earth did you get on? And he said, I told you, I went to see them. I didn't go to meet them. And that was when he told me he went to Auschwitz. And Ooh. most of his family had been wiped out in the Holocaust. I had no idea. And, you know, I'm talking about it now, Danny. I've gone so goosebumpy mm. because it really horrified me. And uh, it created a, a fascination within me for the Holocaust more than the Second World War. Years later, when I came to Australia, I was in business uh, and had an opportunity to go to Berlin. And while my business partner and I were in Berlin, we had a few days off. So we said, oh, let's skip over to Poland because the Berlin Wall had just come down and communism was was being dissolved if you like so we went over to poland and we went to krakow which is have you been there no i haven't oh gosh it's a beautiful city and we ended up in auschwitz and uh, i walked through those famous gates and i started crying and i think i cried all the way through the whole thing it was it was awful but compelling to think that i stood where 1.2 to 1.6 million people were murdered. Mm. You go in the gas chambers, you go everywhere. It was, 
it was compelling, as I say. And at that stage, I realized I wanted to be a writer. And I carried a notebook with me everywhere and I scribbled things down wherever I went. And when I came back to Australia, a friend of mine, I was telling him about the Auschwitz tour and how it affected me. And he said, did you go into barrack number 24? And I said, oh, I don't know, went all over the place. And he said, that's where the brothel was. And I didn't believe him. Mm. I had no idea. And they never mentioned it in the tour that I could recall. And I thought, oh my goodness, there has to be a story there. So I started researching it 10 years ago. Wow. Or more than 10 years, actually. Whenever it was, I went to, went to Auschwitz. Since then, I went to Poland another time and had a look around. And, and the story just came to me about these two Polish girls. After I'd done a lot of research about the brothel and how it worked in Auschwitz, and uh, how they procured the women and all that sort of thing. It's horrific. Mm, absolutely. And um, I was going to ask you for an elevator pitch. I mean, we've covered a bit there, but uh, what is your elevator pitch for this book? Well, I don't know, really. I, th I think, look, it's about the strength of women. So that's really what I like to write about. My first book was about the strength of women, the skinny girl, or about the strength of one woman in particular. And this book is about the strength of two women. And that's what I like writing about. I, I like to write about things that are important to me, significant issues, because I'm married to a very strong woman who I admire greatly. And my mum and my mother-in-law were very strong women as well. So, though I'm male, I like to write about the strength of women. So, I don't know. I don't know whether I, I hit it well or don't hit it well. I suppose the sales will tell us that. <laughs> well, you've been, it sounds like you've been surrounded by these wonderful, strong women. So, that might have influenced your work, I would think. Yeah, very much. Very much. If for no other reason than, uh, uh, I see what they've done and I see what they've achieved. And I like to build that within my characters. In fact, I, I have a thing, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. Um, this book has quite a few um, characters based on personalities that I know. So Stella, the character Stella, who's the neighbor of uh, Anya, that's my mum. Oh, wow. And, and her personality is based on my mum and my mum's name was Stella. Um, the character Joni, who's the Polish, uh, uh, the Jewish lady in the nursing home, she's based on my ex-mother-in-law. <laughs> and she's the one who does naughty things in the red handbag. <laughs> I love this. And, and my ex-mother-in-law never did anything like that, as far <laughs> as I know. But you could but, picture it. Oh, my goodness. She was a real character. She wasn't Jewish. She was a Londoner, but she was a terrific character. Towards the end of the uh, second last segment of the book, there's a, um, a sergeant major called Jim Morris. And uh, uh, that's based on my dad. My, my dad's name was Morris Matthews, mm -hmm. but everyone called him Jim. And I wanted to pay tribute to my dad and uh, what he was involved in during the war and everything. So I put him in as Jim Morris. So 
be careful, Danny. <laughs> I've got more books in the pipeline than you might make. I'm um, <laughs> equally worried, but equally curious as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about the female characters, the book really focuses on female friendships as well and how, you know, they found strength with each other and loyalty and this friendship lasted. And I wanted to ask how you channeled that. I mean, we might've touched on it a bit with the, the women around your life, but you really touched on this female friendship as well. Uh, I haven't experienced it, but I'll let you into a little secret. Oh, another if secret. Go, I love this. Yeah. yeah another one. If, so we go to, <laughs> if we go to barbecues or restaurants or anything like that, I hang with the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate being around the bloke. Maybe it's um maybe it's just you like different experiences to what you're used to, you know. And I think you're interested in other conversations because that's what it is for me. I'm like, oh, what do the blokes talk about? I want to know. Football. <laughs> well, then I'd be leaving the conversation. But big soccer fan. I used to watch the uh, World Cup with my dad when uh, I was little. We used to get up in the middle oh. of the night and watch that. So, oh, how lovely! Um, Diane and I still do that every. Yeah, single well, I've, I've done that now with my kids. Come on, let's watch the soccer. So yeah. the tradition has lasted. Oh well, that's good. I'm pleased <laughs> to hear that. Now the book is about trauma and secrets and how these things shape you, and it must have been you know, throughout writing this book, difficult at times to write about trauma and secrets. Tell us about this. Um, writing about it wasn't so hard, Danny. Researching it was hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered in the research, I found really traumatic. And uh, Diane will tell you, it took me quite a while to come to terms with a lot of it. Um, statistically as well, you know, in Auschwitz, they stopped counting the murders at 1.2 million. They stopped doing the tattoos. They stopped doing the photographs and filling in the cards because they had too many people coming through. Mm. It was basically after Hungary, after the, uh, the Hungarians, uh, the Hungarian Jews were moved to Auschwitz. And so I've talked to the, uh, the Holocaust Museum in Poland and the, a little bit to the Sydney Museum in Sydney, the uh, Sydney Jewish Museum, in obviously in Sydney. And it's really, really interesting because no one has a fixed figure on the murders in Auschwitz. But from what I can gather, it looks like it's about 1.6 million. And 230,000 of those were recorded murders of children. Oh, wow. Babes in arms up to 10 years old mm. it's astronomical isn't it it's mm. beyond comprehension it is it is it is beyond comprehension and i always think when you read books set in this time period you think you know i've read so much in this time period because i do find it really interesting and you do want to honor those people whose lives were you know taken um so unjustly but every time you read a book set in this time period you discover something new or you learn something new as you did with this book and i just find it so fascinating that there are no doubt still so many untold stories about these experiences yeah oh there's hundreds of them the um, the uh, information about the brothels is only just coming to light i think part of it is the freedom of information thing because now that um Poland is a little bit more liberated and East Germany is, is part of West Germany now and all that. Um, there's a lot more information coming to light mm -hmm. and that makes life very interesting. So I think that's part of it as well. And when the camps were liberated, a lot of these poor women ran away to hide 
they were beaten because mm -hmm. they had life better in the camps. I mean, they had a bed to sleep on, mm -hmm. they had food, they had decent meals, and they were treated with uh, a little bit more decency than the, the, the common prisoners in the camps, not much more, I would add. Um, but the other women were, were um, jealous of them. They had toilet paper, they mm -hmm. had towels, they had showers, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So they, they were ashamed. And we talk about, you know, your research of those really difficult things and those hard things. And there was a line that I, you know, resonated with me in the book that said the killing was easy, according to some of the German soldiers, because it just became, you know, there were so many, it just became, you know, horrifically commonplace. And I wanted to ask you, you know, through those difficult points of research, how did you push through that and go, no, no, this is a really important story to tell. I have to sort of separate you know, what I'm feeling to what I need to put into the book. Yeah, it was hard, but I have a formula. Mm -hmm. I, I start writing at eight o'clock, give or take, in the mornings. And uh, I stop at 12 and I go and watch Housewives of New York. Oh, it's so right up your alley. But it completely empties my mind. Mm -hmm. And then at one o'clock, I start writing again through to five, six or or one or two in the morning sometimes. And uh, uh, that's how I cope with it. Basically, I managed to switch off. Diane helps me a lot because it is traumatic mm. um, uh, writing about some of this stuff. But, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to write about things that are important to me. And not that I think they should be important to other people, but I think perhaps there are things that people should think about. And at the end of every book I write, I want the readers to close the last page and think about what they've just read. And that's what I hope to achieve. And it's not just about thinking about the past, is it? I mean, we've been in a very strange political climate, particularly overseas, and you can see how quickly the tides can change. You know, I think I've always grown up thinking that, you know, prejudice is going to reduce as time goes on and people are going to be kinder as time goes on. But I've unfortunately come to realise that that's not the case. And in order to have a just world, you kind of have to fiercely fight against that prejudice continuously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not, you know, we've had the, um, the, um, the Second World War, the Holocaust, we've had Rwanda, I mean, uh, the killing fields in Vietnam and, and Cambodia and all those things. We still haven't learned, have we, as no. human beings? We're no. still awful, awful <laughs> people, really. It's very, mm. it's, it's horrible, really. Mm. But that's not particularly what I want to write about the horrible side of human beings, but I just want to write about the reality of human beings. And within those stories, there is hope and there is strength and there are people rising against it and coming through it. So, you know, always with trauma, you've got that hope pushing through. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because human beings will prevail, won't we? Mm. We really will. Whatever happens, we will prevail. And goodness prevails always mm, at the end of the too. day. Yeah, I believe that strongly. Might take a while, but <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I still, I think I need to believe that, you know, whether that's a, a truth or not, I think I need to believe that. I think it's the truth. <laughs> I hope so. 
And with your characters um, and your research, I know you base some people, you know, on people that you know in your life, but what about the, the, let's call them the people you met throughout your research and putting components of them into your book? Yeah, little bits and pieces, but I I can't say apart from my family members, um, I can't say there's anybody that's in there a great deal. It's a, a funny business writing. And as anyone will tell you, and as you know better than anyone, because you've interviewed everybody who is anyone, um, it just happens. Well, you have, haven't you? And it just happens, doesn't it? It just comes to the writers. You know, you, you tap away and it's such a lonely existence. And you just disappear into the page. And then sometimes it just happens and there they are. And there's the twist and the turn. I like to think in Hitler's brothels, there more, there's more twists and turns and chubby checkers. Uh, let's twist again, music. <laughs> there's, there's a lot in there. And uh, I've, uh, I read it afterwards when I edit and I think to myself, where on earth did that come from? But it just happens. Mm. And it happens to all writers. I don't plan. I start at the end, Danny. If I can't, write a book unless I've got an ending and an ending comes to me and I think, Oh my God, that would be fantastic. Mm. So that's really why I want to write. I want to write cause it's in me and I've got all these stories, Danny and I'm 67. I'm really worried I'm going to die before <laughs> they all come out. Stop that. I am. I saw my GP the other day and I said to him, for God's sake, don't let me die before I've got all these stories out. <laughs> 67 spring chicken, honestly. Oh, Oh, you smooth talker. <laughs> See, I can do it too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're very good. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for your time again. I love chatting to you. And, um, you know, you're a local author too, so that's lovely. I always like to support local authors around where, where I am living. Um, but thank you for your time. It's always so lovely to speak to you. And um, Hitler's Brothel is a compelling book. And, you know, there's always new stories coming from that time period and i really think that you know we need to honor all those people that we lost far too soon so thank you so much for your time 